Welcome back. Hi, friend. How are you today? I'm glad you're here. Today's episode is going to be about inner rage, a topic I am super passionate about. I'm passionate about a lot of my topics, but this one in particular, I'm so grateful you're here. My name is Lane Kennedy. You're listening to The Connected Calm Life. I'm your calm coach. Thank goodness for that. I bring a little more peace, a little more harmony, and I share tips and tactics on how to survive the certain trials and low spots that we hit in recovery. And the further you walk on this path, whether it be emotional wellness or just in the path of recovery, there's bumps. There's a lot of bumps. And how do we get through those bumps? That's my job. I show you how to survive, but thrive in your life. So I'm glad you're here. Make sure to check out Evolution U, a six-week group coaching program. If you haven't signed up, I have about five more spots left, and then the doors are closing. We'll begin on January 5th, I think it is. So I hope you can make it. It's going to be an amazing experience for those who feel like this is going to be something they want. Yeah. Let's get into today's show. I love this topic. I love it because I like to say I'm in recovery from inner rage. I didn't realize I had rage. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. And I speak a lot about it when I'm in person with people because people don't really understand the amount of frustration and the negativity bias that we are all living with and that creates this feedback loop. And that feedback loop can become rather loud and that becomes an inner dialogue and sometimes it becomes very rageful. So I want to break this down into five different parts today just to keep things really simple. Uh, You know, I go back to my early recovery, driving uh, in Los Angeles, going through Laurel Canyon. And in, uh, as you go up Laurel Canyon, it's, it's a cluster. Let's just start there. You know, it's just, it, it backs up. Everybody tries to get over to the valley through this passageway. And if you don't hit it at a certain time, you're going to be literally in the canyon for at least an hour, at least. It's dreadful. So I was early in my recovery, and when I got sober, I lived at the halfway point. <laughs> uh, and I would, I would try to beat traffic. But there was this little tiny road to the right where if you went to the right, it would, be, it would run parallel to Laurel Canyon, the street. And you would go on that and you could zip around all the traffic and frustration. Well, people slowly began to catch on that this was an easy alternative. Well, one day I was zipping up there. I had a 19, what was it? 72, maybe 19. Yeah, it was, an, it was this beautiful, uh, restored, classic BMW, a CSI, uh, maroon, 
it was just the creme de la creme. I love driving this little car. And I remember going up Laurel Canyon, like full speed, and then getting into that right lane to take that little cutoff before I could take a left onto my street. And I'm behind somebody who's not driving how I want them to. And this is what I always talk about because this is where I think the monsters in my head get really loud. Is you know, they have opinions on how people should drive and what people should be doing. And when they don't like what other people are doing, they start to get very loud. And on this particular day, uh, I had just finished a job and I wanted to get home. And somebody was going to be at my house and I wanted to see him. I, wa- I wanted to be there. I was like, yes, he's going to be there. I know it. Uh, so I get onto the right and there was somebody else kind of doing the same chicken game that I was doing, but he was not as aggressive as I was. And he cut off as well. And he was right in front of me and he slowed down. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you slowing down? This is the road that we zip up and then we get on to our street. What are you doing? Well, I was literally right on his tail and he slowed, like he kind of pumped on his brakes, you know? And I was like, "Uh, what are you doing? And he gave me the bird. Like he didn't look at me. He just put up his arm. He was driving this big truck, uh, like an old Chevy truck. I remember it perfectly. And he just lifted his right hand like up and gave me the bird so I could see it in the, in the window. And, I, and I, I was like, whoa, okay, I'm losing it now. And I, just, I laid on my horn and he slowed down even more. And he just kept his bird up there, his little middle finger. And I was like, no. And everything, I'm, I'm literally, I think I was two years, I was, think I was two years into my recovery, maybe three, hovering in, in that zone. And I'm, I'm laying on the horn and I'm, I'm like swearing. And then he stops the car. He did not just stop this car. And he did. He did. And this man was probably mm, 40. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 40 something. At the time I was like, he's such an ancient you know, guy. Ugh. What's this old dude doing? But probably 40. And I, he stops. I, I jump out of my car. And I go rushing over there. And he's in the car. Okay, he stays in his truck. And I go up to the window and I say, and I scream at him. I say, what are you doing? And he, he just, he, maybe he was sober because the, he probably was. He just looked at me and he said, you need to slow down. This is a family street. This is a residential area, this street. It's not a, it's not a speedway. He said, I suggest you get back in your car and start driving the speed limit. And I had nothing. I couldn't, because he was so calm and collective, I couldn't do anything. I just, 
I just stood there and I said, no, you need to like, you need to drive your car, your truck like a normal person. And he said, lady, I am. I was like, oh my God. And he said it again, very calmly. I suggest you get back in your fancy little car and drive normal. And again, I had no, I had nothing. I, I, I was like raging inside. I had no idea that I had these emotions inside. I just turned around and got back in my car. And he just sat there for a minute. And I think he sat there so I could collect my breath, so I could collect myself. And he drove forward. I drove forward. I went home. I ended up making some phone calls. The person I thought that was going to be at my house, he wasn't even there. And I went on a run. Now, I hit the pavement hard that day. (laughs) It was great. I share this story because this was a moment in my recovery and my emotional journey and my evolution of life where I almost blacked out in reality because I was, I was fuming. I was in rage, but I didn't have words to put to this moment that I was experiencing. I was just thoroughly upset. Okay. Very upset. So I'm just going to leave that story there. Okay. There it is. So what I did to deal with that inner rage was I went running and I hit the hard, I hit that pavement and I ran, I ran that hill like I had never run before. And then I drank a bunch of Diet Coke because I was like so addicted to Diet Coke when I got in, it was when I was in early recovery. So this was one little snapshot of my rage that I had no idea about. Now, fast forward to now in my clients, I have a lot of clients who come to me because they have a lot of angst or anxiety or they're edgy and they have this internal dialogue about they just want to like tear apart their kids or they want to hunt down their partners or uh, they want to jump into the pool and never get out. Like, like, And I'm sharing this because these are the things that come up in conversation and I have full permission to share because they understand what it means to be able to identify with someone else who's going through rage. So everybody that I tend to work with has this little thread, this gold thread of rage, and they don't realize it's this inner rage until we start to kind of unwind it or untangle this knot. Now, that's, that's a big blanket statement, like, you know, who has it? Everybody, but really everybody does. And then how it kind of shows up or how's the reaction. So you have that reaction with your kid or me with that man. And then there's a reaction afterwards. I went running and then I drank a whole six pack of diet Coke. You know, some people will eat a whole, you know, cake. Um, I've been known to go to a gluten-free bakery when I was in Los Angeles and I would literally eat a whole cake. I've had clients tell me similar stories. There's also uh, a reaction of having an argument in your head with yourself. Uh, I've had clients cut themselves 
And that becomes a behavior that we really want to take care of immediately. Uh, We have people binging, purging, purging, lots of purging happens, this inner rage, Uh, spending money, depleting bank accounts. I've had clients deplete bank accounts. Uh, Another way to kind of manage this inner rage is sex. I've had lots of clients come to me with sex. And I've talked about uh, stalking on here. You know, this, this kind of inner rage shows itself in a myriad of forms. And people don't identify it because it's just the way they're living, right? So you're, you're, you're having this everyday reaction every day. It's just your life. Like it was my life to speed up that side road and to yell at somebody. I was okay with that. That's who I was. I was just going, you know, fast forward into my 18th year of recovery. I'm doing the same exact thing here in San Francisco with my kid in the car. And this is when the light came on for me and I thought, oh my God, I have a problem. There's, this is not right. But it took me a long time and I had many moments in between that first one when I was like two or three years sober to when I was 18. Many, many moments. So everybody may be experiencing these, this inner rage but they don't identify it because it is a way of their, it's a way of their life. And why does inner rage happen? Well, we're not getting a a need met. A fundamental need is not being met. Now that may be love. That may uh, be like a physical hunger. That may emotional, uh, spiritual, psychological. There is some need that is not being met. And then a dialogue occurs and ruminates and festers. And then there's an explosion. The explosion can happen inside, internally, or externally, like I did. Or, you know, binging, purging, right? Those are all external uh, appearances of this inner rage. And I share these examples so you're, maybe you could be like, oh my God, like this is, this is where I'm at. And there's no shame here. That is what I really want to express here is that wherever you're at in your emotional recovery and your journey, it's recognizing, oh, I have family coming and I don't want to be angsty, edgy, and have an inner rage dialogue happening. You know, family, that, that's a big flag for a lot of people in recovery and on the emotional wellness journey. You know, we get into contact with family and it's like, all bets are off. That rage machine, that narrated, the, the narration of oh, this, I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. That They're assholes. I'm never doing it right. Creates this vicious cycle that becomes the inner rage cycle. So how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this big ball of gunk? 
You know, this is, this is a slow process. And when do we deal with it? Do we deal with it right in the moment? No. I mean, because you're in the moment, you can't recognize it. How do we start recognizing that shift into the inner rage? Well, our stomach can tighten. Our brain, we can get a headache. We can get sweaty palms. Uh, Sometimes people actually sweat. They get shaky. Uh, Pain can occur in the body. Like if you have, if you've had like back issues, I'll just give this example. If you have had like low back issues, it can suddenly flare up. Uh, So that's, it, it just kind of, boom, all of a sudden lights on, boom, I'm having this inner rage attack on my body. Now, how do we deal with that? If we don't have the language around it, like I didn't have the language when I was two years sober. I remember somebody telling me I was angsty and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm just fired up. I just thought it was my nature, right? I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I remember her saying, no, Lane, you're angsty and edgy. And sometimes it's hard to be around. And I thought, oh, it's because I have this inner rage. So how do I deal with that? Well, I started to slow down. And this is like one of the first things that I start with my clients is let's just assess and slow down. Because when we approach our life, go, 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 we, there's no pause, there's no breath. And that angst and anxiety just builds and builds and builds. The brain becomes hardwired into reactive thinking, reactive uh, action. And we want to step away from that reaction and start pausing and start reflecting, Right? We want to pause so we can have better relations and better communication with the people around us. If I would have paused on that day when I was two years sober, I would not have gotten out of the car. Or when I was like 18 years sober, I wouldn't have gotten out of the car. I would have had the practice to pause and reflect. And maybe maybe his car was running out of gas. Maybe he got a flat tire. Maybe his wife just called him and said, I want a divorce, right? There are so many things that are happening in the world that there's not even time to reflect on what is happening for the other person, which could be monumental. But because I am living in this small inner rage, shame spiral and not recognizing it, I'm going to take it out and explode on either you or inside myself. So the first thing is, again, slow down. Slow down. And we're in this holiday season. And if you're listening to this in the future, you can still slow down. But we're coming up to this time where we're going to have family and we're still dealing with this virus that we can't see, feel, touch, hear, taste, which causes extreme anxiety for a lot of people. And that extreme anxiety causes our brains to not think clearly. 
And we can't pause when we're in the stress response. So when we go slow, and that really means taking your time, scheduling in breaks, thinking, oh, I have to go to the grocery store today, and I know there's going to be a line at 5 o'clock, so maybe I should go at 3 o'clock. It's about realigning your day so you're not on go time all the time. This may seem really simple and really basic, but I know from my experience and from my coaching and all the clients and the thousands of people that I've helped that speed is the number one thing that needs to get changed in how to deal with this inner rage. Your schedule, how you move through your day. If you begin to change that one area, this inner rage will start to slow down. I promise. Oh, And now that we're at the holidays, I want you just to go even slower because so many people are completely, uh, they're in their own world. Let's just face it. Everybody's in their own little bubble right now. So just appreciate their bubble and let them go ahead of you. It's okay. But allow yourself the space to do that. Okay. I'm very passionate about this topic. I think I'm probably going to teach a master class on it because it is so intense. And once you understand how to change the shame and the rage and the guilt in your being, boom, your life will change. And that is magic. That's where you want to live. So I hope as you move through this month into the holiday, into the, you know, like the thick of it, that you will pause, slow down, be considerate, and practice. Make sure to check out this week's practice. It's going to be good. And if you didn't listen to uh, Ann Hintz, my co-host last Friday, with the tapping, go back and listen to that. This is such a great little uh, tip to practice. And tapping is so easy. And everything, you know, is a vibration. Our body, we all have a tone. I talk about this a lot. We have a tone in our body and we need to change that vibration. And when we're in rage, that vibration that we're carrying and sending signals out to is no bueno. And I don't want you to go through the holiday season like that. I want you to go through the holiday season feeling awesome and yummy with a kind and loving tone and vibration. So my friend, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, little episode around rage and how to deal with it. If you have any comments, I'd love to hear them over on Instagram. If you're looking for coaching and you feel like I may be able to help you, please check out the group coaching. I also have private one-on-one coaching. Send me a direct message and I will send you a calendar link out for that. I hope you get through these holidays safe and soundly with less inner rage. Because binging, arguing, cutting, puking, overspending, and sleeping with people that you don't love, it's hurtful for the soul. And you, my friend, are here 
to brighten this world. We need you. I need you. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode. Please rate and review it. I would be so grateful. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious it fills you up so you can be the best I know you can be. Until next time, take good care. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you. I do. I hope you have a great holiday season. Remember to check out the group coaching over at lanekennedy.com forward slash coaching. I am here to help you become a better you. All right, till next time.